Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson, author of Fight, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass-Kicking, But We're Afraid to Get Your Ass Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If The Shoe Fits podcast, and owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack. I'm also joined by John Nash, host of the Show Money podcast, co-host of the If The Shoes Fit podcast owner and operator of the Hey Not The Face podcast and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Now, today we're looking ahead to UFC Vegas 65. But first, let's see how we fared on last night's card. And damn it, Eugene, I won. I really Oh, that's not a damn it. it. That's, a good, that's a good thing. You well, know? you know why I say damn it? Because every time I think I won, John comes up with some shit and sure enough, I have screwed up the picks and somehow I didn't win. But this time I went back, I listened to the show and I made sure that I made the correct picks and God damn it, I won. Yeah, there you go. All, all because nice. you got me to change my Dan Hooker pick. You know oh, what? If you'd bother to change this. your Brad Riddell pick or maybe your Dominic Reyes pick. That was, uh, yeah, it was, I gotta be, I was doing crack that day. So yeah, I don't know what <laughs> but and he's not lying. I'll tell you where you were right though. Molly McCann was not ready for the upper echelon. That's, oh, that's oh, for that's, sure. That but, is understatement. It, it, it now, you know, they've got a Sean O'Malley her somehow, like mm-hmm. give her a bunch of fights that they could make, say, make believe style that she won. But that was, it wasn't so much that she wasn't ready. It was more that, that um, uh, Blanchfield was really, really, really ready. Um, oh, I think I'm surprised it's... people booed her when she got in or like were like completely lukewarm or disinterested in what it was she was talking, you know, oh, yeah, whatever. No, I think I think it's more the fact that Molly had her opponents that she kept ferociously knocking out. They were handpicked for her. To yes. Shine. Sage North butted. Yeah. And so I, I really don't think she was ready for the likes of Aaron Blanchfield because Aaron Blanchfield, that's top 10 material right there. She, yeah. She's yeah. not yeah. Well, in the top I, I think, 10. Actually, I think be. Molly kind of accidentally stumbled into stardom because of Patty and mm-hmm. that she, because she was knocking. She, they didn't expect it. I mean, they just matched up with very, the bottom of the barrel like her. Not to me, that sounds bad, but that's the truth at the very beginning of the division. Mm-hmm. She knocked him up but because she was connected to Patty and they're doing a big job promoting him. She could, you know, then they started focusing on her because she has some sort of charisma, but she's not to me, she's just not at the level as some of the other fighters. Yeah, that's true. But I, I have hope for her because she is young. She seems willing to learn, and she does have that bubbly personality. And I can't help it; I do like her. Now, well, gonna... also she she it's it's how you lose too. Yeah, and I I'm so, sort of saying this because I'm in the midst of writing the, the new Substack on it, but it's how you lose too. And I was I was eagle gimlet eyed. I was super focused on how it was that she lost because you know I have a premise for the Substack where I'm like cry something I'm calling crybabyism. And she was, she just 
she was a mensch, you know, went yeah. over, held yeah. the woman's, uh, held up Blanchfield's hand, was like, yes. you know, got, love you. Th- th- this is what the game is about. No excuses. I'm taking this one on the chin. I earned this L. You're, you're, you're the badass in the room now. And it was a great way. It was a, it's, and it, it's noticeable because it's so rare, <laughs> you know, also, at this point in time. The other thing that holds Molly back is the way that the UFC shamelessly promotes her, but that's not yeah. her fault. It's not, not her fault. Not, not her, her fault. fault at all. And you know what? Uh, she is bubbly and likable and that's not her fault either. So she's getting all this shine. It's unfortunate that you feel like you have to be mad at her because everybody wants to pay attention to her. That's not yeah, her no, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The one exceptional gonna... thing what you said is she's she's not she's not young. She's in her thirties. Is she? I don't know why I keep yes. thinking she's fairly young. Because she's, she's a new. big sister to Patty. Yeah. 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 Well, either way, I, I still like her. And I, I'm not going to stop yep. liking her. Yeah. I love her story. Yeah. No, but 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 they they handpick people for her, but you don't get the sense that they gave her the the, the here's a here's a hand up, you know, like you, they've given the sugar Shane O'Malley, which it blows my mind that they can't see where that rubs people the wrong way. You yeah. know, yeah. It's, come on. And so when she gets her hand up to the the next level, she struggled, she she faltered, she fell. We'll see how she picks herself yep. back up. You know. Yep. Yep. The, the are... narrative, the narrative at this point is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, if she's smart enough to embrace actually what she's been offered. Right. Yep. Now we are going to go back to our standard routine work from the top down. Another person that lost with grace is Israel Adesanya. Yep. I like how he said he was better. I'm still proud of my performance. I want a rematch. I'm not going away. You know, he didn't pull the Ronda Rousey. He took his first official L at middleweight right on the chin. No problem. Gave props to Pereira. I mean, what more can you ask for? But I will say this. I will say that I think his extreme confidence in himself left him there in that fifth round thinking that he could plant his back on that cage and just stay there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Swinging with the guy that has already put him down once and beaten him a second time in a decision. I mean, the first well, time when he knocked him out, he stood over him and yelled at him in his face. So here he is again. And everybody kept using the term boogeyman and it's the right term because Alex Pereira really is the boogeyman for him. Followed him around and then came and defeated him a third freaking time. Well, I saw you, you had tweeted that out, even though I'm less excited about being on Twitter these days, but I did see that. And I was like, you have to know I was in not full blown, but very quiet conspiracy mode Mm -hmm. because I'm watching him and I'm like, why are you standing against the cage? Mm-hmm. Why Why would you do that in the fifth round with somebody whose fight IQ is so keen and so sharp and just so on the money where you're going to give the guy the chance? You, 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 I could see him feeling out the cage with his back heel, knowing where it was, and why would he willingly put himself there? And I was like, that smells bad. But he, of course, by the time I woke up on Sunday morning, he had addressed this. 
And he had said, look, the, the leg kicks that he was delivering were, you know, you can't see the, the you know, the bruising on my legs, but they they were effective. Yeah. And so then I then I thought, OK, I got it. This wasn't a miscalculation. Well, it was a miscalculation, but it was a calculation. Right. Yes. So in other words, he was not able to he figured if I can't move well off this leg, as evidenced by the role, what he called the roly poly thing. Am I do I have a better shot standing in the middle where the guy's got a free range of motion around me? Or here on the cage where at least, like, I'm not susceptible to a late game takedown or something. And I think he just made the wrong call. Yeah. You know, at his corner should have said, get back in the middle, you freaking moron. Do not stand against the cage. But, you know, um, uh, yeah, Carl got used to say, bulls get killed on the floor. It's like nobody – I've not seen anybody pull off the, the, the cage stand successfully. You're not avoiding anything with that. So he just – he screwed up. Why he screwed up is maybe what we're talking about now. And if it's because the guy's in his head, I think more, you know what I think it is? I think it, the creepy sensation, I think we can call it the Teixeira paradox, you know? And I think more and more, we've been seeing more and more of those fights where like right to the last second, the guy's winning, you know, Usman was another prime example, mm-hmm. another Nigerian, right at the last, what, 30 seconds and he's out. So I think that that's working in people's heads as a, as a macro issue, you know? Well, I sort of questioned his confidence because, you know, he clearly had the fight won up to that mm-hmm. point. He fought a much smarter fight. And mm-hmm. let's, face it Pereira can't wrestle can he grapple exactly sure. oh but you know the unintended consequence of this of course Chris Weidman's back yeah and so <laughs> we have we have Adesanya who's clearly winning and hands down winning and there's just two minutes left of the fight he's got the leg issue which we now know about and I can't help it I feel like maybe in his head he thought He'd already had the fight one enough where that he could stand there and maybe take a breather. But that was the wrong freaking place to stand. John, I need to hear you on this, please. <laughs> need. That's a strong one. <laughs> oh, I was I was getting a lot of I was getting a lot of uh, chores around the household done during the No, I mean, first of all, I guess Alex Pereira is a, is a good example of what happened the, the all you need is six months of sprawl training. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that that's exactly what it felt like. Like just enough to kind of stay off the ground. And I mean, he lucked. I mean, I guess one thing is he can really punch. Uh-huh. He is. I mean, the, the jabs, the jabs look like they could knock him out. That's that's how powerful his punches were when he hit. But out of time, he still looked good. It, it's hard for me to say. You know, one is. I think it is arguable that was a quick stoppage, but it's, at the same time, I don't have a problem with it. It's like he was hurt, but he was defending himself, so technically, she let it go defending. on. But no, he, he was wasn't. also getting. He wasn't defending himself. Well, the whole problem was that he wasn't. He was just moving down, down, down with his the top part of his body bent over. He wasn't looking up either, and that's what Goddard was saying was that he never looked back up. He never made eye contact yeah, that, with the ref, but he never put his arms up either to defend. He actually wasn't defending himself at all. I don't see. I don't because there's a lot of people that do that when you bob your head back and forth just to get space and stuff. I, I just think he was, but he still he was taking shots. I didn't yeah. have a big problem with that. He was he was still he'd taken a lot of big shots at that point. I think that was. Yeah, I think he's trying to he's trying to give an explanation why he stopped it when really it's like hey the guy took a bunch of shots and I decided that's enough. 
the thing is, I, I think is part of the reason he looked, he did some bad decision making. I wonder how bad his leg was hurting after mm. that failed check kick. Mm. So, and how much mobility he lost during that part. Yeah. If that played a part in it or not, because the truth is, I mean, Alex was, he was gassed that I actually, I take that back. Now, remember he came back pretty knowing it was the fifth round. He came out with a, a lot of energy. So I, I, you know, I take that back. I just, I was, all I can say, I was, I was thorough. I, I guess I'm not surprised, but I was thoroughly entertained. I was surprised the way the fight played out more than, than surprised at the results. Yeah. And it was a great fight too. Holy crap, that thing was action-packed from beginning to end. You never knew really what was going to happen. Totally unpredictable action in there. Uh, two things I noted. There was a punch in the first round before the big punch at the end of the round. But there was a punch, a right. And it was D Daniel and Joe said that was the most significant punch of the night uh, of the fight so far. And it was a hard one. Izzy can slam too. And then he gets that other one right at the end of the round and almost, I mean, five more seconds, maybe even three more seconds and Pereira would have been out of there. So Izzy's got some hammers too. It's just that the unfortunate timing of the, the bell saving him, the, the, the horn saving him in that first round. Uh, there was a couple of other moments where is, is he really pushed it to him, but I don't know. I just think that uh, there's a combination of factors. I definitely want to see an immediate rematch. I get other people saying, no, you make the Tory first or you do this first. No, 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 no. And it, no, they, no, they, no. They, they, they put, they put uh, uh, Pereira up against any wrestler, and it's just we're back to yeah, revolving doors. Yeah, that, yeah. Nash had a I just, I was just joking. Comment. I was just joking that Whitaker should be jumping on the phone. Give but me this should. match <laughs> right now because mm -hmm. he has yes, yeah. he, yeah, he, he, he can't be this Israel, but he has a. Yeah, he, he could get that belt back if he were. But as it stands, what's going to happen, whether Pereira fights Adesanya next or someone else, it's going to give him an opportunity to get a little better because the guy's learning as he goes. I mean, it's clear he's made leaps and bounds in his game. He's educable. Yes. And, and I find that with a lot of those guys like Ngannou, you know, let's not forget he won his last fight. Even wrestling. on the, the gimped up knees yeah. with uh, with wrestling, so yeah. him, Chet Congo, if you remember, they're actually unlike American wrestlers, which never seem to learn. These guys are actually picking up grappling as fast as they can. Yeah. So it was. But, yeah, one thing I thought was funny is well, first was uh, uh, Rogan kept saying he only had five fights, but it was, yeah. Yeah. was eight fights. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. The other thing, though, that it was funny. A lot of boxing guys were making fun of that result because they're like, "Wait, the the, the best fighter in the in the world just only has five fights." And so you know, you have to sit back and explain. Uh, well, he comes from kickboxing, and it's called mixed martial arts because well, you, know, you come from maybe, different. But still, was he trying to reference that maybe he'd only have five fights in the UFC? But he had only four. The this was oh, his that was his fourth UFC. one. Yeah, so it couldn't even be that. Wow. I didn't catch that part, but I did mute some of the commentary for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, help yeah. it. It's unlistenable I, when Joe and Daniel are together. It really, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like Daniel yeah. when he's with other people. Um, I can yeah. tolerate Joe when he's with other people, but when the two of them are in the booth, it's hard to listen. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, we are yeah gonna... it turns into like, you won't believe the size of the fish I caught. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Right? Yeah. All right. We are going to move to the co-main event. Eugene, you had to enjoy uh, Wiley Zhang stretching her out and getting that submission. One of my main skill, jujitsu skills, and some people would laugh that I'm even considering this a skill, is that I, I am somewhat hard to tap, right? It doesn't mean you can't outpoint me and beat, whip up on me and, and savagely beat me, but to actual get, actually get a submission is hard. So when I look at when I look at it as far as the tapping to that, I was like, come on, you could do better than that. You could resist a little bit better than that. But um, but no, this was a completely, inter- you know, if we're talking about educability, you know, um, I, I like the Lazy Susan that we're on because it's, you know, I don't know that I see, I see uh, Wiley ho- holding on to this for, for very long either. But, uh, you know, and I, I, I don't want to... Uh, you know, I, got, I like Sammy Davis Jr. said, I got to be me. Anthony Newley said it. I got to be me. I got to ask. They still drug test the UFC, right? They're drug testing her. Okay. Okay. Just that curious. Yep. They are drug tested. Everybody's been getting drug tested. Some more than others. Boy. Well, well uh, accused, accused, accused anal rape, alleged accused anal rape is Conor McGregor. is nope. not. Nothing. But... Nothing there. And that's, yeah. that's a whole other can of worms. But we are going to get John's take on Wiley Zhang and Carlos Barza. Well, first I want to note that I, my theory for Eugene is the reason uh, McGregor is not getting tested because that's how you get your DNA. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you don't want a DNA. That's, that's how they caught the original Night Stalker, the Golden State Killer. So you got to be careful. That's right. That. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. yeah. So uh, that's – no, I'm just uh, – uh, you know what? The, actually, the first round I was surprised at how – it was obviously uh, Zhang was better, but I was surprised at how – somewhat competitive was uh-huh. but the second you know the, the second round played out exactly as i think everybody kind of thought the fight would go yeah one-sided so i mean it was it's she's um she's an amazing talent and it's funny because uh i guess can she on the third try can she beat rose rose yes. is automatically can you know should be catapulted to a title shot yes because she beat rose in the second fight i don't care what the judges say that was that was Wiley's fight, and they gave it to Rose. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Rose got a good yeah. decision there. She really did. We got so CCT over here. Yeah, with Carla, man, I just feel if she were a tiny bit bigger, a tiny bit stronger, she'd be able to hold on to that belt longer. But she's stronger, you say? Stronger. <laughs> hmm. And that's, yeah. that's the problem is that she's so small. I mean, Wiley is tiny. And Carla's smaller than Wiley. And that's the problem is we don't have an atom weight division for Carla because I feel like she would rule that thing for the rest of time. But unfortunately, we've got girls like uh, like Wiley and like Rose and other people that are out there that, you know, can give her give her real problems. I mean, yeah. Jessica Andrade can give give her a real problem yeah. anybody strong gives her a problem mm-hmm. uh, actually tell me if i'm wrong on this but I, my thing is she's just not super athletic she's she's right. much more the technical wrestler yeah like the old school you know like uh, i guess couture was uh, athletic but he was an old guy so he's slower than everybody else he just used his his technical skills to beat everybody but she's kind of in that class and that she's when she's dealing with people that are much more athletic than her she has some some trouble and that's the top of the division 
the very, very top. Well, mm-hmm. it, it all falls right in with the way that she chooses to fight, which is wrestle heavy. So she mm-hmm. is going to experience problems because she is smaller than everybody else. I mean, she's the littlest person on the roster. she's she's the smallest person in the shire (laughs) so (laughs) sorry (laughs) that made me laugh i'm sorry oh goodness gracious i just immediately had a picture of nori in my head yeah yeah, yeah. all right so we are gonna get to dustin poirier michael chandler this was fight of the night i firmly agree and michael chandler's problem and dustin poirier summed it up himself Michael Chandler doesn't know how to freaking box because Dustin said when Mike had him on the fence that if he had stopped throwing those stupid looping punches and actually thrown something straight, and I quote, he might have got me out of there because he had me hurt. That's what Dustin said. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael well, Chandler, that 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 wasn't the favorite thing that he said. Of course, the favorite thing that Dustin said that I loved see was you on uh, top. huh? <laughs> see you on the top. See you at the top. <laughs> No, no. He said it was like, here's your black belt, buddy. <laughs> People were like, question the quality of his belt. It was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm part of the club, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And he did a great job, too. Uh, not only with his boxing, with his grappling, he outgrappled the wrestler. Yeah. Well, and that's all, and that, and that is foreshadowing from before. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is another prime example of like, you know, wrestlers not really taking their, you know, jujitsu as seriously as they should, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it's okay. I can get him. I can hold him down. Look, look how well Tito did. I, I mean, come on, man. Join. It's a deadly combination. If you get those, like, D1 wrestlers, there's a guy who I, I train with who's a D1 wrestler. He's been doing jujitsu for four weeks, and I got to watch it with him, right? That's all. Four weeks. Got to watch it with him. So, um, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. Why, if you have you're you're preparing for MMA, which means you're being focused, you're focusing on everything. I don't know why wrestlers don't take jujitsu seriously. Or okay, forget about forget about jujitsu. Forget about that for a second. Why don't you do sambo or something, some other grappling thing other than you know wrestling for top? That's just not you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's mm. exactly what he did in the second round when he had Dustin down there for so freaking long. I mean, almost mm-hmm. the entire second yes, round yes, with Chandler's because yes. all he did was wrestle for top position and hold him there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was, yep. you know, but the other thing, too, is Michael Chandler, he has very questionable durability. And I got into a, a little bit of a, a debate with someone last night about it. But if you go back to his Bellator days, he does have a questionable chin. He does tend to gas himself out because he walks around like a brick shit house all the time. He walks around at like 4% body fat all the time. He's always in fighting shape. I have no idea when this dude could possibly pee, but he literally walks around like that all the time. He doesn't have mm. fat days. He doesn't go on binges and benders like everybody else. That dude is a walking fighting machine. And for those out there that are saying that Dustin Poirier didn't look good, it's kind of hard to look good against a guy that swings bricks for, you know, for punches. I mean, Michael Chandler mm. hits like a house. There's no two ways about it. I think Dustin Poirier turned in an excellent performance. Are are people giving a hard time to Poirier? I haven't read that. I had somebody in my comments saying that Dustin Poirier looked like shit. 
Oh, they're dummies. Yeah. They're dummies. And, you know? I mean, I think it's uh, it's a testament to his cardio, to his durability, and his boxing, the way that went. But most mm-hmm. of all, to his grappling, to his elite-level black belt. <laughs> yes. So, so, yeah, those guys got into my crack supply. <laughs> so, yeah. Don, I have yet to hear from you about Poirier and Chandler. Uh, well, I just talked about my crack. That's uh, that's, no, that's, that's what good. you need. <laughs> that's all you need. No, that, this fight was incredibly, incredibly entertaining. It's almost hard to recall the moment because it had a lot of shifts. And the first round was the closest thing I've seen in a while to a Diaz daily, except without the, the finish at the end. But it was it was very similar. To, it was just as wild as the if people remember the Nate the Nick Diaz uh, Paul Daly fight from Strike. Yeah, yeah, how crazy yeah. that was. I was having that kind of vibe. It was back just, you know, people were at risk the whole fight. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, like he, he was right. Uh, Chandler throws wild, you know, he throws like Dan Henderson overhand right uh-huh. constantly. And they hurt, but if he, you know, uh, he's, he just can't, I guess they're not quite as big as H-bombs as Dan Henderson, or he can't sneak him in like Dan can occasionally because he couldn't finish off Dustin. And Dustin is just, uh, you know, people... I don't know who's criticizing the fight. First of all, this is another top lightweight Dustin has beat. His, his, his resume is insane. I mean, the only guys he lost to are Oliveira for the championship and Khabib in the last few years. He's, you know, he's he beat Eddie Alvarez when Eddie came in and was a top guy twice. Beat Holloway, beat McGregor twice. He's beaten, you know, Chandler now. He beat Gaethje. I mean, he's beaten the top names of the division for years now. Yeah. This, I mean, there's a case to make, arguable case. He is the best fighter. I, I guess him and Condit, I guess, would argue are the best two fighters I can recall in UFC history that never held the the uh, the, the actual title. Just Joe Benavidez. Joe Benavidez. Joe Benavidez. Yeah. Joe, well, I, I I take away Joe Benavidez for the the division he's in. I don't think it was as deep or as uh, true, but as, I mean, I, I just feel like up. he, he should be in that conversation though. doesn't matter. Yeah, how I think deep I, the I division that. Is. Uh, if, if we're having that conversation, you got to stick them in there. Cause you yeah, put, because you, you put Condit and Condit's in a different division. Carlos Condit is a welterweight. Dustin is a, a lightweight. Yeah, I know. But, but I just thought, uh, you know, 125 just wasn't uh, as developed when Benavides first started and won the interim. Yeah, but I just feel like he gets to go in that conversation, too. Come on, John. Okay, I'm not going to argue. Be charitable a little bit. Come on. Give him a little charity. (laughs) Yeah, and he also had the the unfortunate fighting when uh, Mighty Mouse was at his peak in the division. But he wins overall because he's married to Megan O'Leary. Yeah, so he's yeah he'll be fine. But you know what? Screw that guy. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get to a sad fight. Eugene, I wish I had jumped on the train with you and not picked this yep. fight. Yep. I really do. Yeah, because it was yeah that sad. was horrible. It was horrible. sad the way they did him by giving him that fight for his last fight. That was messed up. Messed up. And then, and then, and then who bought into the idea of having the family cage side? Who oh did God. that? You I, know? I had no idea. But that was, you know, from the face-off that they did a couple of days before the fight, it was uh, the disrespect that Gutierrez had for Edgar when they were faced off. And Edgar, well, I, did, I, did, I missed that. What happened? Oh, goodness. It's not that he was disrespectful. It was just the aura that you got because 
they're they're jabbing at each other a little bit and it, it wasn't anything over the top or anything like that but the way that Gutierrez looked at him especially the way he had to look down at him because Frankie's a couple inches shorter than him and mm-hmm. Frankie rocking back and forth from his toes to his heels because he was hoping that he could time it right where he could say something as he was on his toes so he appeared taller and it was the saddest thing i've seen in a long time and the pop the crowd pop that you normally hear for was gone it was so diminished and that led me into oh my god i wish i hadn't picked this fight that was two days before the fight actually happened then we get in there and my god that, yeah. that, that was just another knee. Another and listen, one. And, and listen, let me tell you something. This is New York too. Yeah. He's in New like he's in East, he's Jersey, but he's still whatever. It's yes. close enough. And and you know, it's an unforgiving town. They don't give a shit. You know, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, I mean, this is. I don't know. I don't know who bears responsibility for this. I think there are a lot of owners for this. You know, partly it's him being embroiled in some kind of massive fantasy. You know, you really start to look in the aftermath and say somebody like a Randy Couture, this is the way you go out. He said, you know, last fight, whoa, said, uh, I felt like I was standing still out there and left. You know, no, I'm not trying this again. I'm not going to improve. I don't want to go. None of that. And then they interview dude afterward. It was just it was cringe on top of cringe and none of that should have happened you know we knew it was going to be bad but we had no idea how spectacularly bad it was going to be that was in my mind that actually that actually that actually if if we want to talk about this as being a restaurant that was like the shit on the cake i don't care what came before or after it really almost ruined the meal for me so john john he's dead yes I first of all it was sad we all said that it's sad second of all all I could think about when it Alvarez I mean not Alvarez when uh when uh Edgar came out was who is this kind of old small guy that looks a lot like Frankie Edgar yeah he looks weird yeah. too yeah yeah that and that's I mean that was the saddest part it just didn't even look like him and the guy I remember even though I've, you know, I've watched all of his fights but just it just kind of hit me like how long he's been around and just how physically he looks a lot older. Yeah. It's a, and yeah. also, he is tiny. It's amazing that he yeah. even fought at 130. He looks like he strapped down the. Maybe he should have been fighting at 125 his whole, almost his whole career. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really. But small. yeah. It, it, well, and also. Really, no, how we got taken how we, how, how we got taken out is the same thing. It's like the same thing. Yeah. He, his last fight, it was almost carbon copy. It was. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, it's a sad way. And people are like, well, how could they do this to him? But they do it to everybody. And yeah. I'm sure that, you know, someone can make the argument, well, this is nice to UFC because they want to make sure you lose so badly you don't want to come back. But I don't mm-hmm. think that's it. I think yeah. they, they're trying to, they're, they really are. They're, they're, I mean, it's their business model to extract the last bit they can from it, it'll win. And, and make sure there's nothing left so you can't go anywhere else. Yep. And yeah. that's what sad as that done. is, that is their model. That is what they've done. Um, I was wrong. His last fight, he lost by a front kick. It was the fight before that that he lost by the flying knee to Corey Sanhagen. Yeah, yeah, it was the Sanhagen. Yeah. yeah. 
I, right. I, I, I still think it would have been nice to give him against Cruz, make yeah. that the last fight. That would have been much, much more easy for both of them, you know, but no, they've got to make sure that they get their blood out of the rock. And what he said yeah. in his post-fight interview really hurt my heart when he said, you know what, this career can be a bitch. And he yeah. was right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the those words sum up every MMA career. Perfect. Yep. Yep. All right. Now, yep. we're going to get to Dan Hooker and Claudio Puelas. Now, we picked this fight, and Puelas should have won this fight, but I don't know what happened to him. He looked like dog shit last night, and he never looks like that. But he looked bad against Hooker. Hooker put on a career-best performance against him, too. He looked fantastic. What in the world? Are we going to start calling Hooker the gicked? Gicked up? What, Eugene? Um... Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, he, 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 sort of a gift, right? Mm-hmm. Because based on what you saw last night, your temptation is to go, "Oh, dude is back." Yeah, like he, I'm not gonna make that mistake. Now I don't know that he's as committed as Neil Magny is to screwing up my life. However, <laughs> he's pretty close, so he's a gift in my book. Screwing up you. I'm sorry, that made me laugh. Oh, yeah, Neil, well, Neil Magny is the bane I, you, of you know, your If you're existence. not taking it personally, you're not thinking straight. You know, these guys are out there. You know, I know he, he wakes up and goes to sleep thinking, how can I screw over Eugene? It's pretty clear to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, the bane of your existence. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, Nash, I got to hear from you about Dan Hooker. Oh, I thought you meant about screwing over Eugene. I thought that was going to be. Yeah, he's he's on that too. <laughs> Trust John. Right, that's fine. That's my that's my life goal right there. He's my purpose. <laughs> my, why I was put on this planet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think what this is is he's kind of showing we he's a fighter that is a very definitive level that he can fight at. He goes above it. He gets he gets beat. Gets beat bad often. He goes below it. He can beat guys up. So. I think we've discovered he's he's floating somewhere in the bottom five to ten in the rankings. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll tell you who looks phenomenal. And Eugene and I picked correctly because Eugene was going to go Riddell. And remember, I talked you out of it because you are yep. a Hanato Moicano fan. And let me tell you why you are. Because when he was struggling at 145 and he made the very smart decision to go up rather than down, you fell in love with him because you were like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, a guy moved up in weight instead of down. And he looks phenomenal there. Yep, He's yep. only lost to Rafael Dos Anjos. And that was on four days notice after, and I quote, I was eating steaks and beers and flew on 24 hours notice to come and fight this guy. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Now, he went in there against Brad Riddell that John picked. And he tore his ass asunder. Okay? He put a whipping on him. And then, and I shared this with you guys because I know it will make both of you happy. His post-fight speech was phenomenal. Moicano wants fucking money. That was the last line of his amazing speech. I don't know who body snatched the real Moicano and put that big mouth in his place, but I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, that, that was a star. You know, I said on Twitter, that was a star, star-making uh, performance. And I don't mean the fight. It was the post-speech. That was like uh, Dusty Rhodes' uh, Hard Times yeah. channel through uh, the Boogie Woogie Man. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That so, was, well, I, I like that. that. I, 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 yeah, I think I'm going to have that printed on my business cards, too. Eugene wants fucking money. No, I'm just going to have it put as he said it. Moicano. People are going to go, who's Moicano? I go, <laughs> I don't know. 
I am Moicano. We are all Moicano. We're all we're all Spartacus. <laughs> John, I got to get your take on it because I know you like a good call out too. And he called out well, everyone. I mean, uh, well, I don't. I actually don't like call outs. I don't pay attention. But uh, the, I do like a good a guy that does something that makes you pay attention. And it's funny is because I watched the fight and. I know it was a good performance, but I can't remember it because yes. it's overshadowed by the post fight, which I normally have the audio off, but I had it on at that time. And I, and I'm like, wow, this is a, this is exactly what you want. You know, when people talk about, you need to do a, a good post fight interview. This is exactly what they mean. It was funny as Dan hooker, almost like trying to like, Oh, I saw what McConnor did. I'm going to try to match like, but the yeah. problem is you can only really do it one fight per card. If other people yeah, start yeah. doing it, it's like, it's lost the impact. <laughs> a little bad for hooker at that point like yeah, yeah you're yeah. not you know normally be a good post-fight interview but it's not it's not hitting with the crowd after something like that yeah. Yeah, yeah now here's my problem i have come to notice that the people that are asking actively for bonuses are not getting them and yeah. here's the other thing brad riddell is not easy to choke out He's not. He's a pretty decent grappler. So for Hanato Moicano to do it and make it, you know, look easy, mm-hmm. in just three minutes flat. I mean, come on. Yep. He yep, was yep. very deserving of a bonus. As a matter of fact, this whole entire card had so many insane finishes and they didn't bother to give everybody a bonus. Why? Yep. You know, they gave two freaking people, Zhang Wiley and Alex Pereira, bonuses, performance bonuses. I felt like Aaron Blanchfield should have gotten one. I feel like Ryan Spahn should have gotten one. You know, there's so many people that should. I mean, Dan Hooker should have gotten one. Yeah. It's just locker room bonuses. Yeah, right. Don't forget the locker room bonuses. Wasn't it you that posted an image of an email? that had what a locker room bonus looked like and wasn't it only seven thousand bucks oh, <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. Yeah. so we are gonna move down it, yeah it was go ahead i'm oh, sorry just trying to remember what fighter was that I, yeah it was a fighter we shared but it actually usually the typical almost everybody gets the locker room bonus they usually it's like four thousand i think it is now mm. well so but yeah but i i think he he should have got one solely on that post fight. Mm-hmm. You should reward people for doing that good a job of promotion. Exactly, and he and he did it in English too. He did it in English. He learned his yeah. language. Yeah. There was no translator there or anything, and I, I think that also speaks volumes to his commitment to getting some attention. Now, mm-hmm. here's a guy that got has my attention, Ryan Spawn. This dude's looking like a oh. challenger. And you know who picked Dominic Reyes, Eugene? The guy to mm-hmm. your left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, I don't know. You know, but you know who left, picked Eugene. Ryan Spawn? Yeah. You and I did. Yep, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I thought about that for a while and it was the the curse of Johnny Boney Joni. I just yep. <laughs> And a bunch of people have listened to you on this show. And mm-hmm. I noticed that this this phrase was trending quite a bit with this fight. Dominic Reyes looks terrible since fighting John Jones. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And that is so true. Yeah, I mean, we, we have three cases, mm-hmm. right? We, we have uh, the hammer, mm-hmm. um, we have uh, the mauler, mm-hmm. and we have Reyes. Mm-hmm. So uh, do we need more? Do we, do we, really, do we, we need more, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we do. John Nash, let me hear from you about this because that was a sweet, oh, I, the, sweet jab. 
because he knocked him out with I, a freaking jab. Well, I don't. Um, I, I I think the who did you who, who, who did you pick? Who did you pick? I'm sorry, John. Who did you pick again? I, I picked I I picked the guy that uh, fixed the fight. Through it, do it. This is do it. Conspiracy, John, I, uh, is funny again. I, again, I was smoking crack that day, and I don't know what I was thinking. I really, <laughs> I said, I really, I just, I thought, like, okay, he's had some time off. He worked off whatever issues he had after the Jones fight. He's going to be back. I, I'm going to give him a shot. Boy, was I wrong. Boy, was I wrong. So, well, I'm glad you're man enough to say those words, and we could just apply that to pretty much everything you say. <laughs> yeah, I actually tell you what, this makes me wonder about uh, what Jones is going to look like if he ever fights again, because his last three wins that, you know, he very competitive fights at light heavyweight and none of those three turned out to be killers after he left. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So we are going to move down to where John did get it right. Aaron Blanchfield, Molly McCann. We discussed this at length, so I'm just going to move straight through this. John, you got it right. Oh, no, you, we no, let's just let's repeat one more thing. Who got it right? You got it right, John. And it's rare okay, because yeah, it's yeah. a women's fight, and you normally get those wrong. But for the last two, two three times, you got it right. Oh, I like that. I love that damning with faint praise. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we're going to get to Andre Petrosky uh, fighting a very solid fight against Wellington Terman. Wellington Terman, I think Zane. Zane Simon describes him best. He looks like he's afraid to fight. He always looks so tentative, like he's not sure of himself, has zero confidence. And if somebody sniffs that out, like Andre Petrosky did, then you're going to get beat up for three solid rounds, which is what happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this was one of the very few decisions on here, but it was a good fight. I mean, every single fight on this card was good, was solid. I loved it. All right. <laughs> Uh, thoughts, gentlemen, on that fight? No, I, you know, I can't tell you that. Can't remember it. I mean, I remember it being good, but yeah. I can't remember anything besides that. Okay. I I watched every single fight in a, in a weird turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single one, and weirdly enough, I actually don't feel bad for having done so. Yeah, it was um, a good card. I mean, action packed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, This is the old cliche that boxing has great fights. But MMA is great events. This yeah. was a great event. Yeah, for sure. Probably the event of the year for me. I mean, <laughs> top to bottom, you just couldn't ask for more. Now, Otman Azatar getting knocked out yeah. by Matt Frivola. I thought that was going to be a grapple fest. But holy no. crap, what? And Matt Frivola is the nicest guy on Twitter. He is the guy that says, hey, follow me. I will follow you back. And I will not unfollow you. And he does. He's crazy mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So, and he's funny and just a nice, super nice guy. So to find Yeah, however, of- when I saw him come in, I was like, he's not losing. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you got the vibe. Exactly. The level of violence that's within that super nice guy is insane. But it wasn't even that. It was just that he was geeked to be there, yeah. right? Like, I don't, like, this is, this is what I'm living for, you yeah. know? So, yeah. And that was Otman Azatar. He took his zero from him because that was his first loss. And boy, he face planted him. Yeah. Well, I I, I think he was. Um, it's weird these cats who come in like a uh, uh, Mark uh, Madsen, and uh, you know, uh, I think they count on let's call it the Tyson effect, right? Where uh, Tyson against Michael Spinks, where he was clearly so afraid. 
that uh, that he was just done. He was just done. And when you get people who haven't gotten the memo of why they should be afraid, yeah. it gets it, it. Then it's like, why is he not? And in all that thinking, I was just telling somebody about my first MMA fight where I got knocked out. And and I'm looking at the guy's feet as I'm like getting in my mind. I'm having a rock and roll fantasy. Yeah, I'm winning this fight. And I look, I go, oh, he's a southpaw. And before I completed the paw in southpaw, I was on the mat. And I at the end of the round maintained that I tripped. And they let me continue into the second round where I was promptly choked out by Chris Sanford, uh, Cesar Gracie's striking coach. But the reality of it is, I think that these guys need to plan on that eventuality, or at the very least, go to a team where they're killers and they don't give a crap. That's why I think AKA still got the winningest record of any fight team in MMA, because you have guys there who don't care who you're supposed to be and are going to try to take it to you every single chance they get, because at least then they get gym bragging rights, you know? Yeah. Can't have people be too respectful in this regard, because the guy on the opposite side of the cage is not going to be that way, so... yeah. John, what do you think? Uh, I just got to say, well, first, first of all, Eugene, is there, is there a video of that guy beating me up? Because I would like to play it on loop at my place. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? You know what's funny, John? Actually, they gave me a yeah. video of it, and I have yeah. never been able to watch it. Oh, uh, well, send me, send me a copy. <laughs> send, me, send me a link. Send me a, yeah. Send me a copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, think we're, it's, I think what we're forgetting here is this was obviously a lot of pent-up anger from Matt Pervola because this was a fight that was supposed to take place like a year and a half ago or whatever. And yep. I remember Azatar was briefly cut or suspended for break, you know, crawling the out bag. the bag. The bag, yeah, or crawling off the the, the balcony uh, during With the, the bag. COVID yeah. protocol. Yeah, yeah the, the gym bag. Yep. So this was this was a lot of rage for his his previous for some some delays in a fight for probably ruining his week for not getting his purse, whatever. Maybe he missed some payments, some bills. A lot of stress, all coming out. This was payback, so it was. Uh, but, but they were also trying to be cute about it, like, "Well, we're going to tell you about what was in the bag," but they never actually said what was in the bag. <laughs> the drugs. And so, 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 like so it's like, like pulp, and pulp fiction. Yeah, exactly. That's like, what you say. It's right? like you yeah, never yeah. know what the gold shit is. The gold. Yeah, that's light. right. That's yeah. right. All right. We're going to get to a fight that had to make Eugene happy because Carolina Kovalkiewicz got her second win in a row over Silvana yeah. Gomez-Juarez. Now, there was a real weird moment after this fight. The actual judges are in there and they're editing yeah. their scorecard. Now, Zane had a pretty good idea what happened. One of them probably said, hey... I wrote that last score down on the wrong side. I need you guys to witness this, which is why it was right there in the cage. And there were, you know, he kept calling people over. That's the only thing that makes sense to me is that. Otherwise, they really need to get their judges in order. So I'm hoping yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But Carolina, she put a, a put out a, a fantastic performance against a girl that they probably chose for her. But mm. still... She got the unanimous decision. It was, a, again, a good fight. She looked great in there. 
Yeah, I, I also like to. I'm reading between the lines where I talk about, oh, Florida made the. I said, no, you. I'm all day and night. I'm so happy, and and I go, well, it's cool that nobody's asking about the status of our relationships. But uh, you know, I know from some of the people I know who are in MMA co- head coaches, and and I've watched their star rise or fall based on the good or bad relationships they've had. You know, and I'm thinking now very specifically of John Wood, who's done a lot better since he unloaded some bad luggage he had a few years ago. So, yeah. All right. Uh, John, what did you think of Carolina? I, again, this is one of those fights for the aftermath, the, the scorecards overshadow the fight. I don't remember the fight that well, but I remember the, the scorecard. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, it, she, it, she was, uh, yeah, it justified, it justified the win. I, I think she, but, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. I, I, I thought all the post-fight problems though, actually added to the cards. And it, it's like, oh, here's something new. Here's a twist. We don't get that in the usual MMA event. So yeah. it was, again, very enjoyable. All right. Now we get to the fight. This, for me, was Nick Diaz, Paul Daly. Mike Trezano versus Sung Woo Choi. That was the most insane one-round fight I've ever seen in my life. We also mm-hmm. got the rare, ultra-rare, first, I believe it's the first time in here, double knockdown. Like they both landed at the same time and they both fell at the same time. It was insane. This is the Diaz daily on this card. Uh, only thing I would say no is because it wasn't, it didn't have the relevancy of two top guys like the Diaz daily did, where it was the, the dr- drama of the, the very top of that division going against each other. But yeah, it was, I watched it. This is where I came in. I, I, started, I watched it at the start of this fight and this, this was absolutely crazy. And the finish was out of left field. Yep. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm, the counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was freaking insane and good for Mike Trezano because um, that was well good for, yeah, it was probably he needed to win that. Songwood Choi <laughs> definitely needed to win. So I don't know what's going to happen with him, but th- if I were the UFC, I would keep him around because he goes balls to the wall. That's the kind of fighter you want to keep around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, didn't he say something? Didn't he have a post-fight interview too? Yeah. Yeah, that was a little kind of a little bit of a drag. I mean, he, he you know, it, it, as a New Yorker, I kind of, I was like, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, then he took, went to the crapper. So, uh, and I think it was, you know, I, um, and you could hear the audience too, kind of just go. Uh, we just felt very canned thing about you know stuff they're doing for our freedom. It's like, yo, bro, Veterans Day was yesterday. Get over this stuff. Come on. So, all right. Well, we're gonna move down to Montel Jackson taking out Julio Arce. I mean, Montel- this is how we do it. He Sorry. looked fantastic Sorry. in there. I don't know what happened to Julio Arce. He didn't look like he was himself. Um, but good performance from Jackson. Again, good fight. There were only like two, two fights, three fights. No, two fights that went the distance, and they were both good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, and then we get to the opener, Carlos Olberg. My God, that left hook that dropped Nikolai Negura Moranu. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh... Yeah, Carlos yeah. Olberg for just having eight fights looks amazing. He's got. But you know, you know, you know what? I, I was soft on the guy last time because of the whole pretty boy thing, and I was like, yeah, whatever, man. Okay, he looks great, though. Yeah, yeah, he's a handsome guy. But then this was then I was like, did you see the part where 
uh, the the guy whose name we can't pronounce did some kind of uh, made fun of him for running. Mm-hmm. Like he like waved like, oh, what are you just going to run? And then he, Kiwi style, you could see it got up uh, uh, to, to mix nationalities. He got up his Irish and he put it to him. And I was like, OK, that's what I like. That's, yeah. you know, because. I mean, you know, if you think about it, I've made this point on, on the show, Stomper, that a lot of MMA guys are actually objectively handsome human beings, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, more so than if you go to baseball. You got some real ugly guys in baseball. I said, well, why do you think that is? Why do you think all these handsome guys have had to learn how to fight? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, I like the fact that even in the interview, where it, it could have been a post-fight interview, it could have been a perfect time for him to go, kind of get cute and shy and play on that he was just like yeah whatever man uh, you know uh, he just wouldn't wouldn't play along with any kind of brand building and i go yeah i'm liking him more and more now yeah all those I'm city, I'm never... all those city kickboxing oh, guys are beasts yep yeah apparently a slight delay here i keep coming in late uh i just gonna do jeans thing with this i remember talking to an old boxing guy broken nose you know just just you know mangled face and look at how he hated the mma guys the reason he hated was because they always like models. You can't tell who's tough or not. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's you're always afraid. Yeah. You go, who do I take a fight with? Because this guy could end up being a, you know, like a Luke Rockhold jiu-jitsu expert or Roger Horton. Kick my ass. Right. I have no clue. I used, right. to, I used to know right. who I could fight. Uh-huh. That's that's funny. That's funny you should say that because every during the entire fight, when the camera actually flashed on DC, I found myself just internally inside my head going, I, I just can't believe it. I just can't. A hundred times out of a hundred, if I'm in a barroom fight, I got to choose who I'm fighting. I'm picking that guy if I don't know any better, right? He doesn't even have cauliflower ears, so there's not even any kind yeah. of, it's just like, who's the guy in the dad jeans? Screw him. I'm beating his ass, and that's just not going to happen. <laughs> like, right? so, like, like my brother used to say about why I love DC and uh, Emilian Aiko. It's like, it looks like the, the high school janitor and the bus driver met up or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's who you're, you're like, you're never going to imagine those two is the baddest man on the planet. But yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Well, those guys <laughs> out at City Kickboxing, where Car- Carlos Ulberg is at, they don't play around. I mean, this week they talked about how Izzy talked about how Eugene Behrman was training them with real weapons, like he had a real knife in there that he was going at them with, and I mean. That's intense. That's some hardcore shit. What if he had missed? I don't know if I get subscribed to yeah, that. But yeah, you, my, they, they're my favorite. My, some my favorite. Sorry, there. my favorite. Go, go ahead. No, I was just saying that they're raising some killers over there. My favorite part about inter- interviewing Eugene Barman was the first part of the interview. Hi, Eugene. Hey, Eugene. How's it going, Eugene? Pretty good, Eugene. <laughs> that was my favorite. He, like, kept it going as long as I would keep it going. And I thought, okay, the, the man, the man's a man. I like that. Yeah. I just, it sounds like, Steph, it sounds like they're recording a Blake Masters ad. For <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Blake Masters is, but whatever. All right. He's so, a guy running for, he was running for Senate in yes. Arizona. Oh, right. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we do need to get to our next car, UFC Vegas 65. Eugene, do your thing. Crybaby Bezwear is a greedy bread guy. Was workshop individuals for fault fighters, malingerers. This is less to do with skills and talents to fight a much more to do with market after we put by you by the overlords at the now no longer failed IPO folks at Endeavor and or the Baldwin and the UFC. If you don't like being on a don't care side, the equation, the solution is simple: fight an exciting fight until they end up grinding with bedwetters. Holy crap! I the next time I do this show with just John, I'm gonna ask that he do it as fast as you just. Do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I don't think you they, already they're, know that there are a few things that there are a few things that John is faster at. That's probably not one of them. I, I imagine that it would sound like guttural animal sounds. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah, you 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 done with the? You gonna do the uh, the intro, Gene? I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are gonna look at uh, UFC Fight Night: Lewis versus Spivak, and Lewis might actually win this because guess what? It's not in Texas. Because yeah. we all know what happens when fights are in his home state. He loses them all. Now we are going to work from the bottom up. As always, we're working from the Tapology Quick Sheet. Bout order is subject to change. This we are going back. We are reverting back, taking back steps to fight night cards. And you can imagine what this one's gonna look like. So, first fight on the card, Natalia Silva taking on Teresa Bleda. Obviously, these are some contender series, folks. I don't care. I don't I don't care. One of them is from the Czech Republic, though, Eugene. I just figure, you know, close enough. Well, not, 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 not really. Not really. <laughs> I mean, okay. it, it, it is. And the funny thing is, the languages are enough the same, but it, it, it leads to it leads to amusing. Like, for example, the Czech car called the Škoda means what in Polish? It means pity. Oh, so okay. That's lots, lots of East, uh, Central European humor there. Okay. All right, John, are you passing as well on this amazing match? I've I've already moved on. I don't even know what you're talking about. All right. Next up, Ferdy Garcia taking on Brady Highstand. This is at Bantamweight. Do not care. They're very low on the totem pole. Don't care. John? Yeah, don't care. All right. Next up, Maria Oliveira taking on Vanessa Demopoulos. Now, we do know Vanessa Demopoulos. Not sure if we've seen Maria Oliveira in the UFC yet. Yes, we have. She won a split decision to Gloria DePaula, and right before that, she lost a unanimous decision to Tabitha Ritchie. Do not care. Yeah, don't care. John? <laughs> we, spent way too, we, we spent way too much time on that one. Don't All care. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Next up, Ricky Torcio is taking on Kevin Natividad. I don't care. Uh, I don't care. John? Yeah, that's not uh, not not relevant. All right, next up again, bantamweight. This is clearly the 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 bantamweight flyweight. There there's some oh there's some welters in here too. Anyways, we have Miles Johns taking on Vince Morales. Don't care. Probably going to be a good fight, but don't care. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. John. Yeah, it's not not a not a bad fight for a fight night, just but it's just it is kind of just a fight, not relevant enough. All right. Next up, Marina Moros is taking on Jennifer Maya. Uh, yeah, no. I'm sort of, kind of. Nah, uh, I'll pass, but it's close. John? Uh, there's a, no. uh, Maya's relevant, but uh, yeah. Oh, no. more. I, no, I guess I gotta go no. Yeah, Moros is probably more relevant than Maya right now, but anyways. Yeah, um, m- m- well, on rankings, Maya's more relevant, but yeah, I more faith than the other one. Yeah. All right, next up, Zalgas Zumagulov taking on Charles Johnson. Don't care. No, no, no. John? Nope. All right, now this is nope. where we get a good fight, and I will care about this one. Jack Della Maddalena. Woo! That dude is just Mr. Action Pack, 12-2, and two, against Danny Roberts, Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts, 18-6. Oh. Oh. I, um... 
this is going to be a good fight, but it's not a relevant fight. But I like Jack Della Maddalena, and I said that I was going to care about him. His last fight, his last several fights were so good. He beat Ramzan Emiev. That mm-hmm. is hard to. Yeah, I'm Karen. I'm taking Jack Della Maddalena. I I kind of care for the same reason. I mean, it's what makes it not relevant is um is the opponent. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, God Roberts. dang it. Uh, Danny, Danny Rhodes. Roberts. Danny Roberts, not Rhodes. Danny Roberts, because he, he just lost his last fight, didn't he? Yep. But still, it's, it's the other guys. In a, uh, God dang it. Do I really care? Can I wait? What's the, just tell me what the next fight is to see if I'll sit and on watch this. Oh, he, the next fight is awful. Cody Brundage taking oh, Rodolfo Vieira. I, you know what? I will probably check. I I will care because I am intrigued by uh, Della Maddalena. But yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by Jack to see what his results be. So I'll, I'll tune. I'll I'll do something. Okay. 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 Uh, okay. Just to, to, to save some time, my John stuttering mutter. I don't care about. The, I don't care about this one, and I don't care about the next one. <laughs> All right. So nothing. We're taking. <laughs> Sorry, a- John. I couldn't take it. Don't 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 make me pull a Nate Wilcox. I'm I know. I know. I was gonna Yoko say you got. <laughs> We're going to go on. Sorry. Uh, all right. So we're all taking a flyer on Cody Brundage versus Rodolfo Vieira. Next up, Muslim Salikov taking on Andre Fialo. All right. I like this fight. I'm picking it. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually not. I really like Fialo, but I'm not really. Nah, not enough. Not enough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pass. John? Oh well, I you know what? Technically, it's a it's a relevant fight in the division, but I think both of them are coming off losses. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass and wait for the I'll follow the winner, see where the winner goes. And and it's actually not as relevant as you think. They're not inside the rankings either one. Well, they're on the. I, I remember I go by Fight Matrix, and they're both the top forty. So that, but that's top forty. You always say that your your rankings go by the top twenty five. You changed it. Again. No, no, that's only for some division. No, it's top forty, except for the the, the weaker division. Top. Oh, okay. I go by the WBC rank. They use top forty. So okay. All right. Next up, we are finally getting that Chase Sherman fight that was canceled from last <laughs> week, and I don't care about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. Somebody, somebody in the comments, one of the things I was doing, talked about Chase Sherman as being, uh, I something. I don't know. It was like the cockroach of MMA. Something about his inexplicable longevity. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> All right. So, John, I assume you're passing as well. <laughs> I, I, it's, it, I guess we always need a, a Sam Albion in the UFC. Yeah. Oh, well, kind of really, that position. A Wes Sims is what we're talking about. That's the model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was Wes Sims. They kept cutting at least. They, yeah. you know, but well, uh, he, he lost six in yeah. a row. Then they cut him. But whatever, you know. Oh, oh yeah, I can't remember, I can't remember Wes. I just remember he stomped on a guy on the ground's head. Yeah, so, I remember that. And, I, I liked that. And, yeah. and living under a bridge for a while, sadly. But anyway, yeah. no, I don't care. Wes Sims has the. I think the funniest story of Wes Sims is when he was in the IFL and he's fighting Hodger Gracie. No, not Hodger yeah. Gracie. It was um, who's the? It was uh, Daniel Gracie. Excuse me, Daniel Gracie. And mm-hmm. He's fighting Daniel. Who be, who's beaten me before? Yeah. Well, Daniel Gracie backpacks him right, and he's mm-hmm. got him in a, a backpack rear naked choke. And Wes is running from one side of the ring to the other because remember IFL was in a ring. 
And mm-hmm. so Daniel's on his back and Wes decides he's got a brilliant idea. The light bulb comes on over his head. And so he races from one side of the cage to the other because his idea is he's going to stop and throw him off his back into the audience. Only right as he gets to the ring, you can see him plant his feet. Daniel's choke finally takes effect and he passes out right at the ring. And to add insult to injury, Henzo and the entire Gracie gang storm the ring and they kick him and spit on him while he's down. (laughs) So just in case you guys were wondering about, you know, the Gracie's bully program, that's what you have to look at there. Oh, oh well, let me tell you when, about my time uh, going with Daniel. At one point, I, I'm like tapping to a, a really viciously tight arm bar about which my arm was about to break. And he pauses for a little bit to let a little bit of the pressure off. And he looks over at me and goes, I'm not going to recognize that tap. <laughs> <laughs> that had never, absolutely, positively never happened to me before. I think I actually said, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm not going to recognize that tap, bro. You just got to fight through it. I was like, <laughs> okay. It actually made me angry enough that I did fight through it. I, I guess that's what he was after, but that was a terrifying moment. That That's Daniel Gracie. Yeah. That guy's a sadist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you guys want to see it, just Google, just go into YouTube because it's a glorious video. You can watch this yourself, but mm-hmm. just Google um, Wes Sims versus Daniel Gracie IFL and you'll get to see it. It's hilarious. It's mm-hmm. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But anyways, we must move on. The co-main event is fire. Okay, it is not a ranked event, but it is fire. It's Iwan Kutalaba taking on Kennedy and Chukwu, two huge hitters. Oh, no. They don't even no, know how sir. to be boring. I, I am. I'll just I'll get it right in there and say I don't care. I do. I yeah, am going to okay. take Kennedy and Chukwu. Fire? <laughs> Trash fire, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah so thank what? you, John. It's, what is the premise of this show? Fight an exciting fight. I get that you have your own rules, John, but for me, I'm taking it to heart. This is going to be an exciting fight. It's the call. Okay, event. let's let's put a pin in this, and then when we talk about it afterward, I want you to be honest about how exciting it actually was. Well, it, we'll see. I can't imagine okay. that it won't okay. be. But I'm taking okay. Kennedy and Chukwu. Are you guys passing, or are you picking someone? I'm passing. All right. John? Yeah, I'm I'm, pass- I'm passing. All right. Well, I am not. I am taking Kennedy and Chukwu. Now we get to the main event, Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. It is relevant. It do- It is probably going to be a banger because they're both knockout artists. I'm taking Lewis. I think that... No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Um... Let me see something real quick here. I need to see how... Okay, ground and pound, ground and pound. Unanimous, ground and pound, ground and pound. Wow, he triangle choked tied to Ivasa. Huh. Neck crank. Rear naked choke. Head kick. Okay, Kimura. Dude can grapple and he can, and he has hammer. I'm going to take Sergei Spivak here. All right. The polar bear for me. You, guys you, know, what I, you know what I'm hearing in my head right now? Eh. So the, the music from the uh, the wild world of sports, or, or maybe oh. it's the Olympic the Olympic theme. Dun, 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 dun. That was wild world of sports. 
Uh, Wild World Sports. Okay, there you go. Where they so, had the as, thrill of victory and the agony, and the agony of, of defeat. defeat. As yes. Eugene Robinson stands up and goes, I don't care. All right. For the first time ever, a full card, royal flush, no care fight night. It's not the don't first care. time ever. It's the second time. Oh, okay. Second. All right. Third time. Okay, a nice way to rain on my parade. I am going to because I am yeah. your Daniel Gracie. <laughs> fight through it, Eugene. <laughs> John, are you picking this fight? It, technically, I mean, I almost don't care because it's not as relevant as you'd think. Lewis is not. Lewis has turned into the Derek Chisora of MMA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, where he's just got a name value. People like him, but he's not really at the top. And but I'm gonna go. I think Lewis is still gonna win because I, I think um, the guys that uh, that. Spivak or Spivak? How do you pronounce his name? Spivak. Spivak. The last two, his last two wins are, you know, I guess when he beats Sakai, Sakai is not good. And neither mm-hmm. was Greg Harden. So I'm not sold that this guy is really much. So I'm going with, I think Derek Lewis, they they, they gave him this fight to, to rebuild him. So he's yep. around in the track. Scrape up mode. Yep. We'll see. I don't know. I'm going to take Spivak. Okay, which also means, based on what John said, which also means if by some weird fluke Lewis loses his fight, it'll be the saddest thing ever. That's why I'm stepping why out. Why would it be a fluke, though? Uh, I, 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 I say that he is being he is being fed Spivak in order to, you know, build on this great you know, public love that they have for him and keep the guy salient. And, but if he loses to Spivak, which I don't think is the intent. I think he's, Spivak has been chosen in order to lose to Lewis. Then it would be a lot of sads. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But all right. So to recap, Eugene has zero cares. John has two cares. And I have three. I'm not going to tell them all to you because you know what? I already closed down everything. Just know that we've got three <laughs> cares. How about that? It's not, yeah. Nice, nice, we nice. Care. We, we don't even care enough to go back over the All cares. right, fine. John picked Jack Della Maddalena and Derek Lewis. I picked Jack Della Maddalena, Kennedy and Jukwu, and Sergey Spivak. Are y'all happy? Actually, no. Yeah. Those are lukewarm cares, too. Yeah. Yes, they are. They really are. All three of them for me. All um, right. So I started with Eugene last week. I want to start with John this week. What you got going on? Well, first, I want to apologize. My audio was bad. I had to go off my phone today because I couldn't get my computer. I'm having issues over at my household. But the good news is I could use the restroom twice during the show and no one even noticed. <laughs> I noticed. So, yeah, okay. That was, you might have, but no one else noticed. It was completely secret. But what I have going on this week, I got, uh, well, recorded last week came out a new Hey Not the Face podcast. So that was out last week. I guess we might. Next week, we might have another one out. Yep. So uh, it's all up to my producer if she cracks the whip or not. Uh, yep. I, I think I'm going to, I'm on uh, If the Shoe Spits this week on Tuesday night to save Eugene from he who will not be named. Yes. And then uh, I have, uh, we're still, that's it. I got no articles up this week, I don't think. And I have no, nothing else going on. Eugene, what you got? I. I got uh, Look What You Made Me Do, the Eugene S. Robinson Substack. It's a, my piece on crybabyism um, and the decline of the American man. Uh, don't even start with me. It's it's a solid piece as well as uh, If the Shoes Fit on Tuesday night and then uh, The Show Stomper, which is going to be uh, 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 unmitigated 
breakdown of what of what happened uh, yesterday. And um, all of my stuff for Wong Duty, which is now called the End of Nowhere dot com, it has is out for uh, for portraits because that's the way we do it now. So whoever I interview, we have somebody inside Wong Duty actually do uh, a portrait of them. And sometimes these things take four to six hours because we're using all of the technological genius at our at our disposal. So um, so that is that is this week. All right. So on that fine note, we are going to wrap. Until next time, please stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Bivis Section, the Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, Sixth Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow Blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com. <laughs>